Canto 5 Thus I descended out of the first circle down to the second, that less space begirds, and so much greater dole that goads to wailing. There standeth Minos horribly and snarls, examines the transgressions at the entrance, judges and sends according as he girds him. I say that when the spirit evil-born cometh before him, wholly it confesses, and this discriminator of transgressions seeth what place in hell is meet for it, girds himself with his tail as many times as grades he wishes it should be thrust down. Always before him many of them stand. They go by turns, each one unto the judgment. They speak and hear, and then are downward hurled. O thou that to this dolorous hostelry comest, said Minos to me when he saw me, leaving the practice of so great an office, look how thou enterest, and in whom thou trustest, let not the portal's amplitude deceive thee. And unto him, my guide, why criest thou too, do not impede his journey fate ordained? It is so willed where there is power to do that which is willed, and ask no further question. And now begin the dolesome notes to grow audible unto me. Now am I come there where much lamentation strikes upon me. I came into a place mute of all light, which bellows as the sea does in a tempest, if by opposing winds it is combated. The infernal hurricane that never rests hurdles the spirits onward in its rapine, whirling them around and smiting it molests them. When they arrive before the precipice, there are the shrieks, the plaints, and the laments. There they blaspheme, and the puissance divine. I understood that unto such a torment the carnal malefactors were condemned, who reason subjugate to appetite. And as the wings of starlings bear them on in the cold season in large band and full, so doth that blast the spirit's maledict. It hither, thither, downward, upward drives them. No hope doth comfort them forevermore, not of repose, but even of lesser pain. And as the cranes go chanting forth their lays, making in air a long line of themselves, so saw I coming, uttering lamentations, shadows borne onward by the aforesaid stress. Whereupon said I, Master, who are those people whom the black air so castigates? The first of those, of whom intelligence thou fain wouldst have, then said he unto me, the empress was of many languages. To sensual vices she was so abandoned, that lustful she made licit in her law, to remove the blame to which she had been led. She is Semiramis, of whom we read that she succeeded Ninus, and was his spouse. She held the land which now the sultan rules. The next is she who killed herself for love, and broke faith with the ashes of Sicaeus, then Cleopatra the voluptuous. Helen I saw, for whom so many ruthless seasons revolved, and saw the great Achilles, who at the last hour combated with love. Paris I saw, Tristan, and more than a thousand shades did he name and point out with his finger whom love had separated from our life. After that I had listened to my teacher, naming the dames of Eld and Cavaliers, pity prevailed, and I was nigh bewildered. And I began, O poet, willingly speak would I to those two who go together and seem upon the wind to be so light. And he to me, Thou'lt mark when they shall be nearer to us, and then do thou implore them by love which leadeth them, and they will come. Soon as the wind in our direction sways them, my voice uplift I, O ye weary souls, come speak to us, if no one interdicts it. As turtle doves, called onward by desire, with open and steady wings to the sweet nest, fly through the air by their volition born, so came they from the band where Dido is, approaching us athwart the air malign, so strong was the affectionate appeal. O living creature, gracious and benignant, who visiting goest through the purple air, us who have stained the world in carnadine, if were the king of the universe our friend, we would pray unto him to give thee peace, 
since thou hast pity on our woe perverse. Of what it pleases thee to hear and speak, that will we hear, and we will speak to you, while silent is the wind as it is now. Sitteth the city wherein I was born, upon the seashore where the Po descends, to rest in peace with all its retinue. Love that on gentle heart doth swiftly seize, seized this man for the person beautiful that was taken from me, and still the mode offends me. Love that exempts no one beloved from loving, seized me with pleasure of this man so strongly that, as thou seest, it doth not yet desert me. Love has conducted us unto one death. Cain awaiteth him who quenched our life. These words were borne along from them to us. As soon as I had heard those souls tormented, I bowed my face, and so long held it down, until the poet said to me, What thinkest? When I made answer, I began, Alas, how many pleasant thoughts, how much desire conducted these unto the dolorous pass. Then unto them I turned me, and I spake, and I began, Thine agonies, Francesca, sad and compassionate to weeping make me. But tell me, at the time of those sweet sighs, by what and in what manner love conceded that you should know your dubious desires? And she to me, there is no greater sorrow than to be mindful of the happy time in misery, and that thy teacher knows. But if to recognize the earliest root of love in us thou hast so great desire, I will do even as he who weeps and speaks. One day we reading were for our delight of Lancelot, how love did him enthrall. Alone we were, and without any fear. Full many a time our eyes together drew that reading, and drove the color from our faces. But one point only was it that o'ercame us when, as we read of the much-longed-for smile, being by such a noble lover kissed, this one, who ne'er from me shall be divided, kissed me upon the mouth, all palpitating. Galeotto was the book, and he who wrote it. That day no farther did we read therein. And all the while one spirit uttered this, the other one did weep so, that for pity I swooned away as if I had been dying, and fell even as a dead body falls. Canto Six. At the return of consciousness that closed before the pity of those two relations, which utterly with sadness had confused me, new torments I behold, and new tormented around me, whichsoever way I move, and whichsoever way I turn and gaze. In the third circle am I, of the rain eternal, maledict and cold and heavy. Its law and quality are never new. Huge hail and water somber-hued, and snow athwart the tenebrous air pour down amain. Noisome the earth is that receiveth this. Cerberus, monster cruel and uncouth, with his three gullets like a dog, is barking over the people that are there submerged. Red eyes he has, an unctuous beard and black, and belly large, and armed with claws his hands. He rends the spirits, flays and quarters them. Howl the rain maketh them like unto dogs. One side they make a shelter for the other, oft turn themselves the wretched reprobates. When Cerberus perceived us, the great worm, his mouths he opened and displayed his tusks. Not a limb had he that was motionless. And my conductor, with his spans extended, took of the earth, and with his fists well filled, he threw it into those rapacious gullets. Such as that dog is, who by barking craves and quiet grows soon as his food he gnaws, for to devour it he but thinks and struggles, the like became those muzzles, filth begrimed, of Cerberus the demon, who so thunders over the souls that they would fain be deaf. We passed across the shadows which subdues the heavy rainstorm, and we placed our feet upon their vanity that person seems. They all were lying prone upon the earth, excepting one who sat upright as soon as he beheld us passing on before him. O thou that art conducted through this hell, he said to me, recall me if thou canst. Thyself wast made before I was unmade. And I to him, 
The anguish which thou hast perhaps doth draw thee out of my remembrance, so that it seems not I have ever seen thee. But tell me who thou art, that in so doleful a place art put, and in such punishment, if some are greater, none is so displeasing. And he to me, Thy city, which is full of envy, so that now the sack runs over, held me within it in the life serene. You citizens were wont to call me Chiaco. For the pernicious sin of gluttony, I, as thou seest, am battered by this rain. And I, sad soul, am not the only one, for all these suffer the like penalty for the like sin. And word no more, spake he. I answered him, Chiaco, thy wretchedness weighs on me so that it to weep invites me. But tell me, if thou knowest, to what shall come the citizens of the divided city, if any there be just, and the occasion, tell me why so much discord has assailed it. And he to me, They, after long contention, will come to bloodshed, and the rustic party will drive the other out with much offense. Then afterwards behooves it this one fall within three sons, and rise again the other, by force of him who now is on the coast. High will it hold its forehead a long while, keeping the other under heavy burdens, however it weeps thereat and is indignant. The just are two, and are not understood there. Envy and arrogance and avarice are the three sparks that have all hearts enkindled. Here ended he his tearful utterance. And I to him, I wish thee still to teach me, and make a gift to me of further speech. Farinata and Tegiayo, once so worthy, Jacopo Rusticucci, Arigo and Mosca, and others who on good deeds set their thoughts, say where they are, and cause that I may know them, for great desire constraineth me to learn if heaven doth sweeten them, or hell in venom. And he, they are among the blacker souls. A different sin down weighs them to the bottom, if thou so far descendest, thou canst see them. But when thou art again in the sweet world, I pray thee to the mind of others bring me. No more I tell thee, and no more I answer. Then his straightforward eyes he turned askance, eyed me a little, and then bowed his head. He fell there with prone like the other blind. And the guide said to me, He wakes no more this side the sound of the angelic trumpet. One shall approach the hostile potentate, each one shall find again his dismal tomb, shall reassume his flesh and his own figure, shall hear what through eternity re-echoes. So we passed onward o'er the filthy mixture of shadows and of rain with footsteps slow, touching a little on the future life. Wherefore I said, Master, these torments here, will they increase after the mighty sentence, or lesser be, or will they be as burning? And he to me, Return unto thy science, which wills that, as the thing more perfect is, the more it feels of pleasure and of pain, albeit that this people maledict to true perfection never can attain, hereafter more than now they look to be. Round in a circle by that road we went, speaking much more, which I do not repeat. We came unto the point where the descent is. There we found Plutus, the great enemy. Canto 7 Pape Satan, Pape Satan, Alepe Thus Plutus, with his clucking voice, began, and that benignant sage, who all things knew, said to encourage me, Let not thy fear harm thee, for any power that he may have shall not prevent thy going down this crag. Then he turned round unto that bloated lip and said, Be silent, thou accursed wolf, consume within thyself with thine own rage. Not causeless is this journey to the abyss, thus is it willed on high, where Michael wrought vengeance upon the proud adultery. Even as the sails inflated by the wind involved together fall when snaps the mast, so fell the cruel monster to the earth. Thus we descended into the fourth chasm, gaining still farther on the dolesome shore which all the woe of the universe in sacks. Justice of God, ah, who heaps up so many new toils and sufferings as I beheld, and why doth our transgression waste us so? 
as doth the billow thereupon Charybdis that breaks itself on that which it encounters, so here the folk must dance their roundelay. Here saw I people, more than elsewhere, many, on one side and the other, with great howls, rolling weights forward by main force of chest. They clashed together, and then at that point each one turned backward, rolling retrograde, crying, Why keepest? and Why squanderest thou? Thus they returned along the lurid circle, on either hand unto the opposite point, shouting their shameful meter evermore. Then each, when he arrived there, wheeled about through his half-circle to another joust. And I, who had my heart pierced as it were, exclaimed, My master, now declare to me what people these are, and, if all were clerks, these shaven crowns upon the left of us. And he to me, All of them were a squint in intellect in the first life, so much that there with measure they no spending made. Clearly enough their voices bark it forth, whenever they reach the two points of the circle, where sunders them the opposite defect. Clerks those were, who no hairy covering have on the head, and popes and cardinals, in whom doth avarice practice its excess. And I, My master, among such as these I ought forsooth to recognize some few who were infected with these maladies. And he to me, Vain thought thou entertainest. The undiscerning life which made them sordid now makes them unto all discernment dim. Forever shall they come to these two buddings. These from the sepulchre shall rise again with the fist closed, and these with tresses shorn. Ill-giving and ill-keeping the fair world had taken from them, and placed them in this scuffle. Whate'er it be, no words adorn I for it. Now canst thou, son, behold the transient farce of goods that are committed unto fortune, for which the human race each other buffet. For all the gold that is beneath the moon, or ever has been, of these weary souls could never make a single one repose. Master, I said to him, now tell me also what is this fortune which thou speakest of, that has the world's good so within its clutches? And he to me, O creatures imbecile, what ignorance is this which doth beset you? Now will I have thee learn my judgment of her. He whose omniscience everything transcends, the heavens created, and gave who should guide them, that every part to every part may shine, distributing the light in equal measure. He in like manner to the mundane splendors ordained a general ministress and guide, that she might change at times the empty treasures from race to race, from one blood to another, beyond resistance of all human wisdom. Therefore one people triumphs, and another languishes, in pursuance of her judgment, which hidden is, as in the grass, a serpent. Your knowledge has no counterstand against her. She makes provision, judges, and pursues her governance, as theirs the other gods. Her permutations have not any truce. Necessity makes her precipitate, so often cometh who his turn obtains. And this is she who is so crucified, even by those who ought to give her praise, giving her blame amiss and bad repute. But she is blissful, and she hears it not. Among the other primal creatures gladsome she turns her sphere, and blissful she rejoices. Let us descend now unto greater woe. Already sinks each star that was ascending when I set out, and loitering is forbidden. We cross the circle to the other bank, near to a fountain that boils, and pours itself along a gully that runs out of it. The water was more somber far than purse, and we in company with the dusky waves made entrance downward by a path uncouth, a marsh it makes, which has the name of Styx, this tristful brooklet, when it has descended down to the foot of the malign gray shores. And I who stood intent upon beholding saw people mud-besprent in that lagoon, all of them naked and with angry look. They smote each other not alone with hands, but with the head and with the breast and feet, tearing each other piecemeal with their teeth. Said the good master, Son, thou now beholdest the souls of those whom anger overcame, and likewise I would have thee know for certain beneath the water people are who sigh and make this water bubble at the surface, as the eye tells thee wheresoe'er it turns. Fixed in the mire, they say, 
We sullen were in the sweet air, which by the sun is gladdened, bearing within ourselves the sluggish reek. Now we are sullen in this sable mire. This hymn do they keep gurgling in their throats, for with unbroken words they cannot say it. Thus we went circling round the filthy fen, a great arc twixt the dry bank and the swamp, with eyes turned unto those who gorge the mire, unto the foot of a tower we came at last. Canto Eight. I say, continuing, that long before we to the foot of that high tower had come, our eyes went upward to the summit of it, by reason of two flamelets we saw placed there, and from afar another answer them, so far that hardly could the eye attain it. And to the sea of all discernment turned, I said, What saith this, and what respondeth that other fire, and who are they that made it? And he to me, Across the turbid waves what is expected thou canst now discern, if reek of the morass conceal it not. Cord never shot an arrow from itself that sped away athwart the air so swift as I beheld a very little boat come o'er the water towards us at that moment under the guidance of a single pilot, who shouted, Now art thou arrived, fell soul? Phlegeus, Phlegeus, thou criest out in vain for this once, said my lord. Thou shalt not have us longer than in the passing of the slough. As he who listens to some great deceit that has been done to him and then resents it, such became Phlegeus in his gathered wrath. My guide descended down into the boat, and then he made me enter after him, and only when I entered seemed it laden. Soon as the guide and I were in the boat, the antique prow goes on its way, dividing more of the water than tis wont with others. While we were running through the dead canal, up rose in front of me one full of mire, and said, Who art thou that comest ere the hour? And I to him, Although I come, I stay not. But who art thou that hast become so squalid? Thou seest that I am one who weeps, he answered. And I to him, with weeping and with wailing, thou spirit maledict, do thou remain, for thee I know, though thou art all defiled. Then stretched he both hands unto the boat, whereat my wary master thrust him back, saying, Away there with the other dogs. Thereafter with his arms he clasped my neck, he kissed my face, and said, Disdainful soul, blessed be she who bore thee in her bosom, that was an arrogant person in the world, goodness is none that decks his memory, so likewise here his shade is furious. How many are esteemed great kings up there, who here shall be like unto swine and mire, leaving behind them horrible dispraises? And I, my master, much should I be pleased if I could see him soused into this broth before we issue forth out of the lake. And he to me, ere unto thee the shore reveal itself, thou shalt be satisfied. Such a desire tis meet thou shouldst enjoy. A little after that I saw such havoc made of him by the people of the mire that still I praise and thank my God for it. They were all shouting, at Filippo Argenti, and that exasperate spirit Florentine turned round upon himself with his own teeth. We left him there, and more of him I tell not. But on mine ears there smote a lamentation, whence forward I intent unbar mine eyes. And the good master said, Even now, my son, the city draweth near, whose name is Dis, with the grave citizens, with the great throng. And I, its mosques already, master, clearly within there in the valley I discern, vermilion, as if issuing from the fire they were. And he to me, the fire eternal that kindles them within makes them look red, as thou beholdest in this nether hell. Then we arrived within the moats profound that circumvallate that disconsolate city. The walls appeared to me to be of iron. Not without making first a circuit wide, we came unto a place where loud the pilot cried out to us, Debark, here is the entrance. More than a thousand at the gates I saw out of the heavens rain down, who angrily were saying, Who is this that without death goes through the kingdom of the people dead? And my sagacious master made a sign of wishing secretly to speak with them, 
A little then they quelled their great disdain, and said, Come thou alone, and he begone who has so boldly entered these dominions. Let him return alone by his mad road. Try if he can, for thou shalt here remain, who hast escorted him through such dark regions. Think, reader, if I was discomforted at utterance of the accursed words, for never to return here I believed. O my dear guide, who more than seven times hast rendered me security, and drawn me from imminent peril that before me stood, do not desert me, said I, thus undone. And if the going farther be denied us, let us retrace our steps together swiftly. And that Lord, who had led me thitherward, said unto me, Fear not, because our passage none can take from us, it by such is given. But here await me, and thy weary spirit comfort and nourish with the better hope. For in this netherworld I will not leave thee. So onward goes, and there abandons me my father sweet, and I remain in doubt, for no and yes within my head contend. I could not hear what he proposed to them, but with them there he did not linger long, ere each within in rivalry ran back. They closed the portals, those our adversaries, on my lord's breast, who had remained without, and turned to me with footsteps far between. His eyes cast down, his forehead shorn had he of all its boldness, and he said with sighs, Who hast denied to me the dolesome houses? And unto me, Thou, because I am angry, fear not, for I will conquer in the trial, whatever for defense within be planned. This arrogance of theirs is nothing new, for once they used it at a less secret gate, which finds itself without a fastening still, or it didst thou behold the dead inscription, and now the side of it descends the steep, passing across the circles without escort, one by whose means the city shall be opened.